0: People were like, "You are what? Like, nobody's buying vinyl. CDs are in a downspin.
1: Like, we should open a record store. We should do what that. What a great
0: idea! What a great idea!"
1: I'm Brandon Dawson, and this is the Distiller, a podcast about how we find meaningful work and how we find meaning in the work we do. My guest for this episode is Darren Blaze. Darren and his brother Jim are the co-owners of Shake It Records, a Cincinnati-based record store, record label, and increasingly publishing imprint. This is one of these great conversations that I might have thought was going to be about one thing and ends up being about something so much more and better. Shake It is a Cincinnati landmark, regularly listed as one of the top record stores in America, with over 20,000 CDs and something like 50,000 vinyl records. It's the place you go to to find out about new music, to see a band perform in-store, or just to hang out and talk music with whoever's behind the counter. I kind of assumed we'd spend our time talking about the ins and outs of running a neighborhood record store in today's musical and technological climate, And we did cover that, but mostly we talked about Darren's fascination, maybe obsession, with Cincinnati's musical legacy, his self-directed path to essentially becoming a primary researcher of some of America's most important music. And we talked about how, with everything at our fingertips, we remain truly open to new things, how we cultivate the capacity for amazement. Darren and I met on a beautiful spring Wednesday morning at Melt Revival, a wonderful, eclectic neighborhood cafe with a delicious, healthy menu featuring some of the best vegetarian options in Cincinnati. Melt is just a couple blocks down the street from Shake It on Hamilton Avenue in Northside in Cincinnati. Diane, Shannon, and the Melt Revival crew let us take over their back room just as they opened for breakfast. You can probably hear in my voice the sounds of a lingering head cold. Sorry for that. Unfortunately, that's present through the episode, but hopefully I'll let Darren do most of the talking. And I think you can probably make out the strains of blondie in the background as Darren and I jump in. No sooner did Darren sit down than he pulled out a set of the brand new Cincinnati Musical Legends trading cards he's been working on that are going to be released later this month. We didn't really describe them when we talked because he didn't realize we were already recording, but we referenced them throughout the conversation, so I didn't want to cut that part out. Please check out our website for photos of the cards. They are so cool. Okay. With that, here's my conversation with Darren Blaze of Shake It Records on the Distiller.
0: Yeah. Hey, I wanted to show you these because we just got these the other day. So this is a project that we're working on. Uh huh. That's the first of four sets that oh, we're doing.
1: What a cool idea! Yeah. So, uh, how far back does this? Can I pick? It go,
0: the, so it'll start in 1890. Dude. Yeah, with uh, like the Ohio this Recording is so Company. So cool. So and then they have like little bios on the back and everything, and so.
1: Oh, see, this is, like, this is the stuff I want to talk to you about. Yeah, yeah. So this that's, is really cool. So are these, like, is this, a, are these for sale? They'll be out in June. They sent
0: us, like, the first, like, little pre-pack. Okay. And then they ship the rest of them. Oh, um, man. They actually ship April uh, 23rd. Okay. Like, the bulk drop ship thing, so. Dude, this is so cool. Yeah, so that's been, you know, this is kind of, like, my, um, That's what keeps me sane now. Yeah, yeah. You know. So you'll know the first edition will have the Scott Walker present on it. Uh Because we okayed it and then the next day he died. Dude. Yeah. So that says present. So we already changed that
1: for like for the next thousand. So there you go. Wow, that makes (laughs) them limited (laughs) edition right there. So yeah. Oh, those are really, really cool. Set number one. How many do you know how many sets you're gonna do? There'll be
0: four sets total. Okay. Yeah. There'll be about a hundred and
1: Fifty cards total. Right. Yeah. So And is this your is this your baby? Is it you and you Jim? know,
0: I kinda of started the whole thing with, you know, we just ripped off R. Crumb. Uh-huh. He did this like legendary blues thing. Okay. And then Justin Green, who's a local comic guy and who's good buddies with Justin, um, who were in that whole like San Francisco scene together. Uh-huh. Um he was all, he's, does all of our signs okay. above the store and the signage inside and all that kind of stuff. And he's just a fascinating guy. And, and um, I was like, Justin, I want to do this. And, da, da, da. and so we were, we were uh, you know, we started working on it. But he's mainly a sign painter these days. But um, he, um, he started developing this, like, eye ailment of um, he can't do this real fine hash. Uh-huh. Work anymore? Mm-hmm. Like it was like severe dry eye. Wow! Like, you know he could work for 20 minutes like this way. Okay. You know he can still do this. Uh-huh. But he can't do the close fine stuff, stuff anymore. And so we kind of stalled. And I was like, Justin, man, I want to get, I want to do this. I just want to finish this. You know? Yeah. And he's like, okay, let's let figure this out. And I forget how it just popped to me. I didn't, maybe it was Colleen or somebody who was in the store from Artworks, and I was like, what? we should team with Artworks. Yeah. And I said, Oh, they know, would love that. So I just called him and I said. We, not figuratively, but literally, need like the two best draftsmen, or drafts ladies, uh-huh. that you
1: have. And you're stable.
0: Yeah, 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 and so they found these like three really great kids, and, 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 and we just kind of laid it out, and just said, this is commercial art, uh-huh. this project has already started, you need to compliment his style, yeah. And so to complete this. You're not this, making it your own. You're, you're not making it your own. This is paid work. This is whatever. Yeah. So, you know, and they put their own little bit into it and stuff like that. But yeah. it was great. Yeah. So so these will be out. Like, we'll do the big rollout in June and stuff like that. And That's really, really cool. Things like that. So, But, yeah, it'll start from about... You know right now I'm researching all this like stuff on like the vaudeville theaters in Cincinnati like in the 1870s yeah. and 80s and all that kind of stuff and
1: there's so much there's so
0: I mean I mean that's kind of like the whole thing that we're just doing now is 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 um just I'm just lining up all these projects yeah. of just reissuing all you know reissuing stuff that's been out of print for years putting out stuff that's never been out um you know and so many of these guys just have like, well, you know, we never put that record out, and, you, know, you know, just like Jesus Christ, you know, and uh, like you get a copy of it and you play it in the store, and people are like, "What the fuck is this right. this is amazing, right, you know, and so um so that's um, yeah, and, I mean, you know it's rock, rockabilly, soul funk, modern boogie, just I mean, there's just so much of it that Dude. you know, and then there's these things, and we're working on like. You know, I'm trying to figure out the copyright elements of like. There are these, uh, like, magazines like Pride, uh-huh. which is like African American like scene magazines, Uh-huh. with just the photos are incredible. Yeah, and like collecting that stuff. And who um, owns
1: that? And... Yeah,
0: just trying to figure out. They were kind of like these franchise things, right. and so like. Were
1: know, they like Were they like zines back in the day, or
0: kind of? You know, they were kind of like um. Like, next time you're in the store, if you look above the counter, there's, like, this n- newspaper called Soul. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the Otis Redding bit one that we just have framed above okay. the thing. And so, you know, 50% of it is just farmed out national stuff, like charts and, like, right. Wilson Pickett has a new record out and all this kind of stuff. But then they would plug in local intro stuff, like local ads and okay. things like that. So, you know, you go through these things and they're just, like, it, 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 you're just, like trying to find like you know there was a bar called the what was it called the psychedelic grave you know all this (laughs) just all these like funky shacks in avondale and redding and all that kind of stuff so but um yeah so that's been my you know like when i came back uh we moved to boston Mm -hmm. for about six years and then came back and I was just like, I still love being in the store and like such a social thing for me. <clears throat> and um, much more than like a business thing anymore. Like right I'm kind of like, like uh, how do I want to put it? I mean, we could talk about this too. Like when we opened,
1: well and I I did I I want like I started recording oh, before right. you cool. walked awesome. in. That so great. That's like, fine. Great. I, I don't um, wanna I don't wanna do a gotcha or anything.
0: No, that's fine. But like um, you know, before we even um like when Jim and I opened, mm-hmm. we opened at like the height of Napster. Right. You know, and it was just like and this is no lie. The first two people who I said, hey I'm gonna open a record store who were not family. Uh-huh. The first one called me a trust fund kid who could <laughs> wait. Guess was going to be a write-off for a tax, you know, for right. a tax shelter for a rich dad, oh, which is, God. and then the other one called me an idiot. And so the only one that's, that I totally know is not true is like the trust fund part, you know, like, so, and so we just like, we're like, we don't know how long this is going to work, you know? And so, right. and so. we well,
1: Talk about not riding a wave.
0: Like, oh, my God, no. People were like, you are, what? Like, nobody's buying vinyl. CDs are in a downspin. Like, we should open a record store. We should do what that. What a great idea. What a great idea. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but, you know, it's kind of worked out. But, like, you know, but it was that whole thing. I mean, we opened with a couple grand, and we sold our record collections, and then, you know, it's, you know, we just had our 20th anniversary and all that kind of stuff, so.
1: See, and I didn't, I didn't, like, I'm not a Cincinnati kid. I, I moved here in 2005. Okay. So... I thought like that you guys had been open forever because by the time I came and, mm-hmm. and encountered Shake It, mm-hmm. it seemed like an institution that had to yeah, have been the creaky here creaky floors and everything. Right. It seemed like it had to have been here
0: forever. <laughs> it, it turns, turns out it was only up, only open like six years. Yeah, it kinda of got it got it got to be an old man really quick. It kind Whoa, of took, which is what you want. It, it took on my sensibilities <laughs> or think like my old man Darren kind of seeped into the wood floors really quick. But um Yeah, so it was just this, like, you know. So we're like, man, what do we do? Shit, like, how do we, like, you know, we were making some money. We're like, well, maybe we'll buy a piece of property or something Uh like that. And, like, just as a buffer, you know, like, well, that'll be our fallback. Like, you know, when you, this when this thing goes yeah, under, yeah, it's just like, well, you can, you know, it's like, well, if you're going to get a degree in poetry, what's your what's your fallback going to be? And that's whole thing, like, well, if you're going to open a record store, what's your fallback going to be? <laughs> yeah. So you know, Northside was just kind of blooming a little bit, so we bought some stuff, and which has turned out great. And and we just rent to, you know, it's that whole one degree of the store. Yeah. You know, we just rent to people we know, and and and. Now, uh, we kind of wrapped up all that, and all that's paid off and everything now. and kind of like, oh, okay, now now I can work on this kind of stuff. This right is the on. stuff I've always wanted to do, you know? Because like, if I didn't own a store, I probably would have, um, like, a primary research librarian or something like that, yeah.
1: archivist or something. No, it may, like, reading, reading a little bit more about the story, that actually makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and so, like, let's get, uh, uh, I don't sure. want to jump too far ahead, sure, like, sure. Who were you guys growing up? Like, why, why, <laughs> why oh does God, yeah. why does your family say when you decide to open a record store in 1999? Uh, you know, well, why uh, do they go? Oh, I that mean, makes my, sense. My
0: parents were always, you know, our, our, uh, you know. One sad thing is our our dad passed away maybe a couple months after we opened it, mm-hmm. and he was like this hardworking, you know, he's a teamster and like work hard and you know and be a fair dude and yeah. you know and good things will happen and stuff like that and. Um, he was always very supportive. I just remember him saying like congratulations, that's great. I know you guys have been talking about this a long time. And I I remember him saying he's like, "All right, well, you know, you're going to be working 80 so you don't have to work 40." Yeah. You know, and it's that's totally true. Like it never stops, yeah. you know, and so That's I, a,
1: what a great way to put it though. Yeah,
0: but you know you're doing it for yourself, you right. know. And yep. so it really is it's the hardest work you ever do, but it's not work at all. Yeah. It's it's exhausting. And, you know, I mean, I worked at this shop last night till about 11 and then came back in at seven
1: and then, um, But hopefully it's the place you'd want to be if you didn't own it. Oh God,
0: yeah. I mean, it's my social life, you know? And so, I mean, I don't really go out. I don't really, I'm not that, you know, it's because I do all my socializing during the day. Yeah. There's, this is my 35th year of doing this. And so my week is also filled not just with the store, but like going to visit customers at nursing homes, right? And funerals, and wow. be- you know, all that kind of stuff. Like
1: it's, the relationships you've built uh, over yeah,
0: years and, and years. so it's that whole kind of like it's that it's that it's it's a generate. It's literally like a yeah. generational thing now for me. Yeah. And, um, you know, going to weddings and, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that kid was in a stroller and now I'm at his wedding. <laughs> and, um, and so um, the, um, but like growing up, I mean, you know, like our backyard was in Bridgetown. Our front yard was in Dent and like the side of the house was in Mac. Like we, it was just this, we just grew up in, you know, we were kind of like right on the edge of like, like where Rybolt and Harrison is and all that stuff, like before it gets pretty farmy and stuff Uh like that. And um, I mean, you're just these like West Side Catholic kids who like, you know, like what I was telling you before, like before like buying some property and stuff like that, like the whole thing was just like, gotta pay them off, can't have debt, can't pay, Hmm. you know, got, you know, just that whole like West Side, no debt, no nothing, all that kind of stuff. But it was just—I mean, it was a—we—we we didn't grow up in a musical household. My dad loved the Mills Brothers, uh-huh. you know, and just—and that was the the most exposure to me. And so, I don't know, like, it wasn't an escape. It was just something that I think I almost felt really, truly, like you know, you buy records and da da da, and it becomes it, music. I thought at that time was. Most kids used it as their identity, you know, and that's what you hung your hat on and you're a punk rock kid or whatever, you know, and that's kind of what I fell into. Mm -hmm. And, um, but um, it was, um, I I, I think, you know, for me, like the world just exploded when I discovered, and I don't know how I stumbled across it, but I stumbled across W-A-I-F.
1: Yeah. And which was, for people that don't know, know is a is a Cincinnati radio station still broadcasting. Yeah,
0: yeah. and it, you know it was gospel and German and conjunto and punk rock and doo-wop. And it still it, somehow and it is still is
1: everything. Yeah, and it
0: and it really and that was just insane. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm this white West Side kid of like, man, there's a whole lot going on in the world that I don't know anything about. Yeah, and so which you know. To the, to the point where, you know, I was going to, like, the jockey club and, you know, you get your fake ID and all that kind of stuff. and I mean, the first time, I, you know, you'd always hear, like, well, I didn't even have a fake ID. Like, I just heard that. You know, the rumor was, if you had any kind of ID, you could get in. So it was just like a faux show them the thing, and they would stamp your hand. So the first time I went there, like, yeah, it was, and they're like, can I see an ID? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, I think I was 15 or something. And so Uh I get out my Radio Shack battery club card and give it to them. They're like, all right, looks good. (laughs) You know, doors are in the back if the cops come. And so, um, you know, so... You know there was those kind of experiences and then um i can't remember who did the blues show on wave it may have been steve tracy or something like that but he was talking about the Shahra ra lounge which was like a throw down juke joint over on Reading road which i think is now called like sunny's or something like that is that in so avondale or is it it's over on Reading, kind of over where the golf course is okay. and then there's that like little army national guard depot right over there i think it's still there but um yeah it's like an avondale yeah yeah, and um like Avondale meets you yeah, Norwood. just a gravel parking lot with like a shack, i mean it like it you know a uh aluminum foil stapled to the ceiling with like Christmas lights you oh know God. nailed to the top and, yeah, and I was like driving for six weeks and I went there, you know, and I walk into there, and I was like, and it was owned by a biracial couple, and she sees me and just points to me, and then points to a seat at the corner of the bar, and just gave me a Pepsi. That's fantastic. And I saw Albert Washington that night, and I was like, Oh my
1: god, wow,
0: holy crap! And Albert's probably my favorite Cincinnati singer, right on Cincinnati soul singer without a doubt. And that was just kind of like a, you know, a sixteen-year-old kid who has no business being there at all, being immersed into this thing and really seeing that like, uh, this music still exists, right? you know, and it's being played and loved and, you know, and so that really kind of like opened my ears and then just when I worked at Moles, I became friends with H-Bomb Ferguson and, big joe duskin and pygmy jarrett all those guys would just kind of circle and Mm -hmm. kind of round through there and stuff like that so i got to know you know those guys and things like that and and it just kind of made that stuff very personal and and so um i just kind of fell in love with it and that's and that's really kind of what you know that and and um you know locally at least with um like the local music stuff. I still remember it was a Hank Ballard record and I was at Everybody's Records and I was flipping through the bins and there was just some reason why I like picked it up and I flip it over and it says, you know, King Records, Cincinnati, Ohio. I think I was maybe 14, mm-hmm. 13 or 14. It was like in a 99 cent bin or something right. like that. And, um, and I'm like, how can this be? Right, Because records either have to be made in LA or New York. Yeah, Those are the only options. And so that just opened the floodgates, and so, and then set me down that rabbit hole. And you um, just
1: following the King Records legacy, yeah, or and...
0: just like you know. It, but then realizing like that was like the first time like oh check for the address, uh huh. You know, and then falling in love with all this regional stuff, and like, right. and then realizing like, you know, like in our archives at the store, I think we have probably two hundred and fifty, maybe even a little more, just local labels you know just some of them are one-offs and some put out you know 250 or 300 records wow. so you hunt that stuff down still or mm-hmm. do people bring it to you um
1: yeah i, mean, I read I mean, the story about you guys acquiring that catalog in 2016
0: the the big collection in boston yeah, yeah
1: most of that was
0: like king and federal stuff there was a couple local things in there that we didn't have in our in like our holdings but we i mean we save all that stuff i mean we have a massive archive of just local stuff file cabinets full of things and, um, and so that'll be the next thing. Like we just finished like the build out in the basement uh-huh. for the first kind of wave of all this stuff. And as we display stuff, it'll be digitized and put online and be, you know, in a database that can be researched. And I mean, sometimes it's a, it's a canceled check. Sometimes it's a business card. Wow. It can be session logs or notes, business correspondence, legal documents. But it's just, you know, individually, they're just like these little pieces of paper. But then as you start to kind of put it together, it begins to tell the story. And so, um, you know, and as we do the reissues, a lot of like the source material that we use for the packaging will be displayed and all that kind of stuff, whether it's, you know, master tapes or promo promotional photos or this or that and all that kind of stuff. And just trying to make, you know, bringing in like a visual element to this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that it's like... This stuff exists, and here it yeah. is. You know, it's not just right. We just didn't pull it off the internet, you know, or whatever. And, no, it's know, like an, and try and fudge the watermark, or whatever. You know <laughs> what I mean? So,
1: an actual physical yeah, thing it, in the world.
0: Yeah, and so um, and so and, and and again, that's just kind of you know that's that's those that's the direction that that we kind of want to head, you know, and and um, and it's. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I really don't know any other stores that are kind of doing that. I you certainly know? don't. And so, and so, um, and that's kind of like, like I said, like if I wasn't doing this, that's what I would want to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Well, you've, well, then, you, but, you are. But, but yeah, exactly. But I didn't realize <laughs> that that's what I was doing. Right, You know right. what I mean? Like, because cause somebody didn't tell me that that's what I was doing. Yeah. So it was, it, it, I don't know how it. Yeah, I yeah. I but, I, I, th- I think it really kind of dawned on me like when we started working on this card set, and I was like, oh, I got it. Oh no, I have like a file on Libby Holman stuff. Oh no, I have a complete file of this. I you don't have, have to go
1: somewhere else. Yeah, you, right. and so
0: and so, you know, like we're gonna do a display of these when it comes out down at the library, that walkway, that skywalk, uh-huh. and we'll just fill that whole thing with all the original drawings and the sketches and. The source materials and notes and all that kind of stuff. And so I get I think it's I I just think that stuff's really important in the manner that um, we just think that's like in this world of immediacy, Mm -hmm. like stuff just falls out of the sky done. Yeah, right. You know, like it's just like, why are CDs $12? Well, You know, by the time we sell the first copy of a Wussy record, we're 40 grand in the hole. Right, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. That's why it's $12, yeah. you
1: know, <laughs> so. It's, I, it's so interesting, <laughs> so my, like, I've worked, I was in radio in, for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I've done, like, artist management mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that, there's the, the triangle of the yeah. music industry, there's, yeah. there's the labels and the artists and yeah. ra- and, and radio and uh, and record stores the fact that you guys are kind of all of those things for better or for worse half assing each of them equally (laughs) sort of whole whole assing assing everything (laughs) all together but it's but it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool position to be in because it seems like that's where a lot of the brokenness in the music Mm -hmm, industry is mm -hmm. is one of those things trying to take advantage of the other two yeah yeah and you guys are just sort of like well let's do it all and let's do it all authentically and not screw people yeah and and I just, you know, the commitment over time to local music, mm-hmm. you know, to putting out stuff like mm-hmm. like Wussy mm-hmm. and the Cow Slingers oh, back God, in the day yeah, and, and all that kind of stuff.
0: I was looking at some, I was clearing out a bunch of files the other day and I was looking at like these old shipping invoices uh-huh. from early on. And it was just like these, you know, these like from Caroline Records one, you know, and, and Choke and like. We'll take 800, and you're just like, wow! I remember this days, of like how easy it was to sell three or four or 5,000 copies of something. Right. You know? And now it's just like. It doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, like we'll take 15, we'll take 12. Oh, we'll take, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, we, we've slimmed it down to a thing where it's direct to consumer. There's probably like 80 stores that are into what we do. And then we do online and then we do like one distributor that we use down in Birmingham, Alabama. So I'm not chasing bills and all that right. kind of stuff. And right, right, like, right, right. And if you want to get our stuff, you can get it. You know, it's... it's if you're not
1: doing returns and buybacks. Oh and, my
0: God, getting dealing with crack cases and this yeah, and that. Yeah, like yeah. it's all shipped one way and everything. And like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested in that anymore. And it's just... And maybe
1: that's why, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, what I thought we might talk a lot about when i thought you guys were had been around for forever and mm-hmm, ever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was the transition through the napster thing and then when i started to do the research uh-huh. and realized that you opened in we 99 the peak, it was the height yeah. it literally was the of napster exactly <laughs> it's like you never had to figure that out because no. you just started a, a, I mean, in that model I, it was kind of a
0: blessing in a way
1: because yeah.
0: it really made us work really hard and appreciate like every single sale yeah but <clears throat> i knew that uh, you know it, or I should say we knew my brother and I who you know my business partner Jim I mean we both knew that like there was x amount of people that were gonna stay physical mm-hmm. and i knew that lps would still be around i wasn't really expecting the resurgence that it's had and i'm not sure what the legs are on that still yeah like we're already starting the buyback collections really? from kids they're like, I'm not moving this stuff again. Yeah, there's no way. Man, yeah. I can put eighty-five thousand songs in my pocket. Right. You know, I'm on the third floor of a dorm at UC. I'm not doing this anymore. You know, so not a huge collection. <laughs> so yeah. you know, it's great. We get it coming and going. You know, but <laughs> sell it to him, buy it back. <laughs> sell exactly, buy it else. back. Exactly. So, but you know, so it's kind of interesting. Like in a world of convenience, like all right, just what 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 is going to be your commitment to this right. format and stuff like that? So, um, and as I've grown, grown older. I've slimmed down, you know, yeah. like I, you know, like it's I don't even know what I I have no idea how many records I got at home. But um um outside of stuff that I collect that has a local interest. Mm-hmm. Um you know, my personal collection, like it doesn't grow anymore. Like if I take something home, I bring something back. Hmm. And there's really not a lot of fat on that wall anymore. Yeah. Like it's all pretty good stuff and um Stuff you're actually listening to. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, you know, or something like, I have this for this reason, or, you know, whatever. What it's a historic recording or, you know, interesting pressing or something right. like that. But, um, but like, the local stuff and the regional stuff continues to, like, grow, you know. I mean, there's, like, two things that came in yesterday that I've never seen. Really? Terrible country 45s. But, like... <laughs> You know, but it's interesting. Like but part you, of the story. Part yeah, of the I fabric. mean, it's it's all part of the thing. You know what I mean? And like, you do get that call from so and so, and Uncle Jesse died, and he put out a forty five on Ark in nineteen sixty three, and we want to play it at his funeral. Wow. You know, and that's happened more than once. You know, so you know, and you have it. Mm-hmm.
1: There, you go. Wow. there you go. All right. That, you know, so. Did you talk to Yemi for the for the Queen City Kings? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen like I've seen some of it. I don't think
0: I I I tend to use uh, I've been pretty good this morning, but I tend to use a lot of profanity in my
1: speech. So I'm sure a lot of my stuff wasn't useful. You don't useful. need to censor yourself. A lot for of this. my stuff wasn't too useful. Well, it's funny but. because it seems like both of you—he's found himself becoming a historian, mm-hmm. which is not what he set out to do. But like chasing some of this sure, stuff sure. down, mm-hmm. like negotiations with the Country Music Hall of oh, Fame God, to go yeah, into yeah, the yeah. archive mm-hmm. and all of that, yeah. and the stories that he was telling some like on the record and some sure. off the record oh yeah about like you know the guy who owns all the rights to the unreleased james brown stuff who just doesn't want to ever put it out oh
0: yeah yeah oh yeah yeah i know it's 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 it it, 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 it. i mean we've kind of stopped trying to even pursue that stuff yeah and just go after local guys who own their own publishing and mechanical rights yeah. You know, who made a record, never put it out, or who made a record and did 300 copies, and that's it. Yep. You know, and so, and our deal, like we do the stuff with Larry Goshorn and the Sacred Mushroom and all that stuff, and we just 50 50 done. Right on. You know, there's your check, there's your done, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and it's just so easy, you know, and trying to negotiate. I mean, we are in the process of, of, um, Finishing the licensing on um, a bunch of stuff with Ace, who owned fraternity, who now owns the publishing rights for and the mechanicals for fraternity records, Mm -hmm. which was like the runner-up, the king, Um, and they owned. um, Was that Cincinnati? It was all Cincinnati stuff. Yeah, I mean they're a big thing. They, They had. Their big success was the casinos and Lonnie Mac. That was their okay. big thing, and then the rest of it they did. But they also did a bunch of really good girl group stuff. Okay. So we're doing a series of girl group reissues: the Teardrops, the Charmaines, the Tua Clubs, the First Jackie to Shannon, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, and we're negotiating with Ace, and that's not that big of a deal because they're a small independent yeah. in the UK. They get it. You know, it's not like. You know, but you still, you know, like we were, we, one of my, my favorite label in Cincinnati is Finch Records, is John Finch, and <clears throat> he was down on Spring Grove Avenue, and I was looking up a a friend of mine in the phone book back in the day when you would use a phone book, <laughs> and his name was um, John, John French, and, and I'm like looking at it, and I just see, I'm going down the line, and I'm just like, Finch Publishing, Finch
1: right there. Music
0: Publishing, I uh-huh. was like, there is no way that that's still there. Uh-huh. I picked up the phone and I called. This old black guy answers, you know, and and uh, I'm like, is this, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, what? You know, and, that, <clears throat> and then I kind of recalled, I was like, oh, I remember this guy. I remember him coming in the moles, like selling H-bomb records and stuff like that. And I was like, John, man, this stuff's just like, but I would love to do it, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, it's like the Bees and, and Albert Washington, early H. bomb Ferguson, the gospel stuff is amazing. Um, uh, the black doo wop stuff and the black vocal group stuff is just incredible. <clears throat> he put out a record with a band called the What's which was the only white band on it. Uh huh. <clears throat> but they could, they only knew one song. <laughs> and so they did, um, a, a short a version of, Marvin Gaye is the stubborn kind of fellow, fast uh-huh. on the A side and then slow on the B side. <laughs> Seriously. So, yeah, yeah. And they were like from like Maysville, Kentucky or something like that. But, um, but John and I finally kind of me- had an agreement <clears throat> and he had been ripped off a lot. A lot of that stuff had been bootlegged and stuff like that. And he was pretty bitter about it. Mm. And, um, and we kind of had this agreement and then he had a stroke. And oh. it was just like done. And then the, you know, the family's just like, well, if you want to do it, everything must be worth a million dollars. Right. Like, it's not worth a million dollars. And I was just like, all right, I'm not going to fight this. And since yeah. then, most of it's been bootlegged and stuff like that. <clears throat> but the story wasn't told, and that's kind of sad, you know. Right. Because it was a fascinating, you know, you know, it was a barber, and then he would record these amazing records in the barber shop after hours with a microphone hanging from the Crazy. ceiling. Crazy. And a four track in the corner. You can hear, like, the the floor squeak on uh-huh. some of those records. Like, it's incredible, you know. Wow. And so... But, you know, it is what it is, you know, onward and upward and all that kind of stuff. Ah, so. uh, yeah, but yeah. it's
1: like that story. I mean, uh, I was just talking to somebody, um, I forget. Sorry, I've had a cold and my brain is not mm-hmm. fully mm-hmm. on. For one of the most recent episodes, and we were just basically, oh, it was Julia in the last episode. We were saying both of us are transplants to Cincinnati. Oh, okay. And both Where are you us, from originally? I'm from Idaho. Oh, like, okay, okay. Way out all right. west.
0: Great. That's and the nice. idea
1: that, like, before moving to Cincinnati, mm-hmm. she said that her her business partner, Stuart, down at Sundry and Vice, he said, Cincinnati's like lettuce if you don't live here. Oh, yeah. Is, no, no, I agree with you. Yeah, it totally. It just doesn't have, yeah, yeah. there's no mm-hmm. sense of flavor. Yeah. yeah. And then you move here, and there's all this amazing history yeah. that nobody outside of this city yeah. knows about. And so much of it is musical yeah. and arts. hmm and nobody's telling that's why I was so happy to talk to Yemi it's like nobody's telling the story but so much of American culture doesn't exist without the stuff that came out of Cincinnati it's
0: lettuce uh, the clan putting a cross (laughs) on Fountain Square for Christmas or like Mapplethorpe those are the things you know and so but you're like well you know like but uh, I I think sometimes we just let that kind of eat away at us yeah. And that we let that kind of be our own identity and sort of
1: an underdog thing, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: so, and I think it just kind of got like enough already, yeah, like, yeah, that's whatever. And the you know, the thing is, it's just like any other city, or not like any, but like most cities, the core is like liberal and democratic, mm-hmm. and the outsides are conservative and whatever. Yeah. So, and that's Cincinnati, you know, through yeah. and through, and yeah. so, um. You know, I always kind of like we were—we <clears throat> had moved away, and I would come back like every two months or something like that, and, and you know, check on. We never sold our house and and kept our house and mm-hmm. check on the other properties and do stuff and things like that. But um, and family and things. But um, it was this slow momentum over the course of those like last six or seven years of like, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, 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 you mm-hmm. know, and so um. Which has been exciting, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I think, I hope it becomes more and more inclusive. Yeah. You know, like, it's, you know, I see it, but
1: what do you, What same, do you mean, like, how the story's told?
0: No, I'm saying, like, Cincinnati still has, like, one of the highest child mortality rates yeah, in yeah. the United States. You know, it's yeah. still, you know— we got a great bar Just district city downtown, itself. but then we got to you know, spread no, it's, this, it's spread this around a little bit city, too. Yeah. 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 And yeah. So, yeah, and so, um, you know, I, we need to work on those issues too. And those are, you know, being the, the husband of a, of a high school principal, hmm. you know, in the public schools, Cincinnati public schools. I mean, I see the need for, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, so that's what is going to make the city great. Yeah, it's not just uh, you know a ton of really great bars and right. a place where you can go throw an axe and drink bourbon, you know, which is cool. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that's not going to turn around the foundations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so um, you know, I think that that's you know, hopefully that'll be you know, uh, I don't want to say a trickle down or whatever, but like somehow that gets into. And how that works, I have no idea like how that public policy yeah g- gets <clears throat> taken from the success of a city I don't know you know and so it's this you know it's a it's it's not just a Cincinnati problem it's a national problem yeah. you know and so uh, it's, well it's
1: such a weird thing for Cincinnati though like like I used to uh, work for an ad agency downtown and one of the things that I got assigned to do is when we were trying to hire somebody from out of town and convince them why they would want to live here. Uh I'd drive them around and give them a tour Mm -hmm. because I was a transplant. I was interested in the history. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I would end up telling them like Cincinnati. And I think I read this in a weird sports illustrated Mm -hmm. article, but that it's like a Cincinnati, a city defined by its contradictions
0: Absolutely, northernmost southern city oh, yeah, in the yeah. United oh, States, or southernmost northern city. Yeah. Without you know, a doubt. the city yeah. that
1: represented mm-hmm. freedom.
0: Exactly. You know, yeah. to yeah.
1: slaves trying mm-hmm. to get across the mm-hmm. river, but mm-hmm. a city that's that's heroes have been notorious racists. Yeah,
0: battling its demons and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah that it's, it's all an in American that stuff. city. <laughs> it, it, that's exactly right. It may be
1: the most American yeah. city yeah. for yeah. all those reasons, yeah. and that's. It seems like so much of the legacy of the beauty of Cincinnati yeah. is a black story. Mm-hmm that like white Blacks, Cincinnati has Blacks wanted to p- pave mm. over the top of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. that's still here, like just right below the yep. surface. I uh, know, yeah, yeah. And and you got people like the Finch mm-hmm. Records mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. who are just like forgotten and left behind. Yeah. Nobody's wanted to ever actually really do anything with the King Records yeah. Yeah. site yeah. or the people that have just haven't tried yeah. hard enough. It's, yeah. been a, it's been a political I mean, tool.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not a team player, you know, at all. So, I kind of keep my nose clean on a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. It seems like there's momentum to it, but it does like now. I just, man, I uh oh, Jesus, sitting in meetings and like figuring out. That. And that's kind of like I was like we got all this really cool stuff. We should put it out for people to see. Yeah. You know, like you know, amazing files of legal documents of like uh of uh, uh you know Hank Ballard not getting his full rate on the Chitlin Circuit and this and that and just all kinds of just you know d- insane stuff, cool yeah. stuff. I know? love that though and because
1: like while everybody else is talking about making a monument out of King Records, mm-hmm. you're building a monument yeah, in the basement yeah. of Shake and it. just
0: Like yeah, there you go. Here it is. Yeah, you got, you got all the stuff. Let me know. You know, I mean, it would. I would love to do. I mean, the other part of like this whole thing is like these this card series. We'll also be um we're making posters for all these uh-huh. that'll go into like public schools and and, oh, and, and like the so music cool. programs and stuff like that so yeah. and so it's just kind of like I have no interest at all in in um in and I don't think most people do like most of the things that I care about music wise or history wise or whatever it is like. of the population cares about. And so, um, you know, it's like King Records this, King Records that, all that kind of stuff. I don't want to read another article on it. I don't Mm -hmm. want to do whatever. But like the whole approach with this card project is like, here's this cool, visually pleasing thing. And here's 80 words on it. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's cool. And this is why it's cool. You know, Libby Holman, the first it girl, she invented the strapless dress. You know, she was an early torch singer. She broke racial barriers with Josh White. She funded um, Martin Luther King to go study nonviolence techniques with Gandhi in India. Uh, two of her husbands were mysteriously murdered. One at a party at her house that night, and then her. You know, and then MLK is assassinated. Robert F. Kennedy is assassinated, and in. Malcolm X is assassinated, and JFK is assassinated. She goes into this deep depression, just turns on the car, puts a hose in her mouth and kills herself. Oh, my God. You know, and it's just kind of like her biography, every page is just, you know, uh, bisexual. She would, you know, seduce the the wives of, like, major industrialists and all this kind of stuff. Like just like, man, this is insane, you know? She's like Cincinnati, you know, it's just kind of like you know, so yeah, it's just like, yeah, she's and she's probably one of my like favorites of like you just kinda I think I've read that book four times and every time it's just like, man, why has nobody done a movie on her? Right. Yeah. It's just incredible. So but um so you know our my thing with this is like I think people are done with full cover stories in the Inquirer. Yeah. You know, here's 80 words, you know. Right, right. This might hit you to something like, yeah, just, you know, it's yeah. just like, so you can utter a sentence on it or something. Well,
1: like and that. I love the idea right. that like, yeah, uh, you know, uh, the Inquirer story is not going to reach the kids who are going to come into yeah. your shop yeah, who yeah. are actually going deci- to decide to do something with their lives Exa- yeah, yeah, that's going to impact how mm-hmm. the story gets brought back.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, getting these and like, you know, Union Terminal gift shop and like the yeah. touristy places and stuff like that. Totally. And like, oh, cool, that's kind of cool. Getting that you know, story and, out. Getting, and getting it out to you know beyond the city and stuff like uh, that. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, um, yeah so it's just um, I don't even know how the hell we went down that
1: street, <laughs> but so to the idea of work because mm-hmm. it's you know you talked about you you guys came from a, a pretty working mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. background, very working class,
0: yeah. We were talking the other day about, at at the shop about, I remember our dad making us walk the picket line with him. Really? Oh yeah, and um, when the Teamsters went on strike and- um, How old? I I was in second grade, so my brother was probably in fifth, and it was over a course of a week or whatever, and I remember going and, you know, around the barrel, yeah, you know, with the firewood in it and stuff like that, and holding the sign and all that kind of stuff, and and uh, and doing it through. Like I went in at like 4 a.m. Like my dad's sign was like 4 a.m. to noon, so you we want you know an eight hour shift uh-huh. or whatever. And so you know we're out there in Sharonville outside a Yellow Freight system because um, he was worked for the, in the trucking industry, and um, you know doing our thing and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and then my dad sending in or my mom sending in a note. To school saying he was absent because you know he was on the picket line or whatever that day with his dad. And um, them sending a note home saying that wasn't an acceptable thing. <laughs> I'm and sorry. then my not, a, not <laughs> an approved excuse. <laughs> and so and so I gave it to my dad who worked nights. huh And he would come home at like 5 a.m. And then that was kind of like my time with him. Hmm. And then a little bit after school, and I said, Hey dad, I got this unexcused absence for me." He's like, all right, give me the note or whatever. And so, I'm at school, and my desk was next to the window, and you know I'm kind of you know just daydreaming you know like daydreaming, looking out the window, and I see my dad's 1968 Ford Galaxy 500 <laughs> coming into the parking lot, and just, er, just parked haphazardly across <laughs> like nine spaces, and um, gets out of the car, walks in in there for like two seconds, you know, walks back out, shuts the door, leaves, and then like eight minutes later, I get this envelope from the office, and i like, you can go home and take that to your parents, and they're like, for an excuse absence. <laughs> so, there you go. So that was wow. what, that was, the, that was the, the,
1: the, the, uh, the working class environment that we yeah. grew up in, you know, so. But it didn't make you like, he, he at the same time was not, you gotta follow in my footsteps with that. Meaning what exactly? But just like, how do you get how do you get from that background to you guys like opening a record store? Like, um, it's I a think, completely uh, in my mind. It's a com- it, maybe it's not a completely yeah, yeah. different view of work.
0: I, I, I think it was just honest work, honorable work. <laughs> you know, he did. I mean, he kind of like when we thought about it once. He worked for one company his entire life. Yeah, he started with like, like. Consolidated Freight, which was literally right down here on, the first company he worked for was right down here on the corner of Spring Grove and Crawford, Hmm. and um, right by Spring Grove Cemetery, and it was a local trucking firm. It was like half a mile from where we are right now. Yeah, yeah, And and um, and then that got bought by Consolidated Freight, and then he went into the army, came home, went back to Consolidated Freight then worked for, then they got bought by Yellow Freight System, worked for Yellow Freight System, and then they got bought by Roadway, and then, you know, he was there the whole time. And he was there the whole time. You know, and it was that whole thing of like, um, of, um, you know, when he got sick at the end, and, you know, with my mom and stuff like that, like, it sucked not having him, but at the same time, you know, my mom gets her, you know, he was loyal to the company, Mm -hmm. that's what he did. Um, Although, Again at the store the other day, I couldn't get this tape started. Like, god damn it. I'm just trying to get this packing tape thing. Like it's uh-huh. so frustrating. And I was like, Remember how dad used to complain about the tape that he stole from work? Saying it was so cheap, you know? Like so you can steal a little bit, you know, like but um, no. So um, but uh anyway, no, he was a good guy. He was very honest and whatever. But um but you know, it that has trickled down to us like you know, we always offered health insurance and everybody has a, has a IRA, a 401k wow. at the store. I mean, we're a little tiny record store and we had health insurance for everybody up until, I guess it was two years ago when we were kind of like, it kind of made sense that like everybody could just go on the spouses and like all that kind of stuff. It's uh-huh. like, oh, well, it's going to be cheaper that way. And like, mm. it was just during that whole upheaval moment and stuff like that. Yep. So, um, But, you know, so everybody's had health insurance and they get their matching 401k plan. And, you know, we have a a, a fiduciary that they can call and ask financial questions to and figure it out and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, that's kind of why, I mean, we've been there for 20 years. We've had five employees, you know. Billy's been there for 18 years. Joe's been there for 16 years. Travis has been there for 10. And Taryn is the only one that's ever left, and she was there for 14 years and became a nurse. So, that's yeah. crazy. So it's just kind of like, all right, treat them with respect. Right. Take I care mean, the of whole people. deal is just like you're an adult. You know, like I'm hiring you to be a professional, mm-hmm. do a professional job. You don't have to act like a professional. Just do a professional job. Like I'm hiring you because mainly because of your personality and your you know, then. In your knowledge of music and stuff like that, in your enthusiasm and 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 just like you know, like just do what you know you're supposed to do and it's gonna be awesome. So that's kind of been my that's been my hiring philosophy. It doesn't seem like rocket science. It doesn't seem like rocket science, but it's worked really well, you know, like it's it's um No, but I
1: I I uh, when I was twenty two, I worked at a bakery for a couple of years. Mm maybe the best job i have ever had mm-hmm. for this couple in idaho mm-hmm. they had hourly employees that were making 9 dollars an hour mm-hmm. who'd work for them for 14 years yeah because they took care of them mm-hmm. they found out i was riding my bike to school mm-hmm. or uh, to work through the winter i was yep. doing it to save money cuz i'd sold my car mm-hmm. and they offered me their second car for the winter wow like yeah. they cared about the people yeah. Yeah. that were there yeah and you know yeah
0: no I'll, it's it, and it's not hard to do no, you know what I mean. It's and well, it's you not, actually
1: have to care because it.
0: Yeah, and you have to also you have to you have to be human about it. Yeah, and you also have to. There's maybe subconsciously, it's, um, you know, like Taryn got sick, mm-hmm. and she um, had cancer, and she had to move home for a bit. You know, we always kept her on the payroll and all that kind of stuff, and and she could keep her health care, and that wouldn't be interrupted and um you know we basically just kind of like paid her a stipend to yeah. keep her on the thing and then um and then Travis he had a son who who was young and and you know and passed away and was you know sick and and our thing with him was just like you just come and go as you want hmm. you know yeah. if you just need to like decompress and be in the store that if you don't then don't you know uh, like whatever and yeah. so it's always been this kind of very fluid thing, and so. Um, um, but it's also, um, if somebody let me be in that fluid workplace, I would give them my all. Yeah. And so, I think that they give us their all, and yeah. so. Yeah. It's just as. Uh, when when I moved, and. I had no concerns about it at all. Because I knew that those guys would step up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my me and my brother said, well, we're not hiring anybody, new. No. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just all going to suck it up and do it. Mm-hmm. And everybody just sucked it up and did it. You know, and so that's it. I mean, I did online stuff and mail order and label stuff and, you know, all the publishing aspects <laughs> of the label and things like that. So I did that, but... Um, you know, the day-to-day operations of the store were just kind of like, all right, now we're going to do this too. So, yeah, and it was fine, you know. And, and honestly, like. they probably made more money when I was gone than when I was there because I'm the one that always <clears> has <is>, like <throat> the crazy ideas of like, we should do this, we should do that. Just <laughs> never make any money. So, you know, they're fun, but nobody really cares. You know? But they're that's like, what it
1: gives the store. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. personality and it's fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think, you know, that's kind of like, I think, you know, when you ask like, how did... His work experience affect ours. I think that's probably what it was, you know, of just, like, seeing him being loyal, my mom not having to worry about things, Mm -hmm. um, and us trying to do the same thing in a very small scale, you know? So just, like, and uh, I'm of
1: the—I
0: have no interest— and trying to change the world, but I'll try and change the one degree of people around me. Right. And that's all I can do. Hmm. You know? So, and if you can get that person that you treated nicely to do that 1%, right. and do that 1%, and do that,
1: instead yeah. of, like, these grandiose kind of I think order. a lot of people get the, get stuck in the inertia of feeling like they can't change the world and then don't try to change the, exactly. the, the exactly. things they, they can.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't...
1: How do you even do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I talked to I talked to uh, Kelly Dolan. She works for a, a, um, Engage Partners, um, mm-hmm. tech consulting mm-hmm. firm. And mm-hmm. we were we were talking about like why do people not in b- these big companies? Why are they screwing everybody? Why mm-hmm. are they taking advantage of everybody? And she said it comes down to like it was you know just the golden rule it comes yeah. down to treat people like you want to be treated. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, everything that you've talked about, there's all of, the, all of the policies and all the stuff that you guys have done. Mm-hmm. You could have done something else. There, was, there may have been a point where your accountant says, yeah, but if you don't offer them insurance, mm-hmm. you're going to take home yeah. this many more dollars a year and put it into your pocket. Yeah, yeah. And somebody else makes a different yeah. decision with yeah. that.
0: I don't even know how much money I make until my accountant gives it to me (laughs) because, which I I don't know if that's good or bad, (laughs) you know, like, because I get my little paycheck, you know, I get my paycheck and I take my like $40 that I live on for the week, Uh which I don't even use. And then, yeah, so it doesn't even like that part doesn't you, You're not you know even what I mean? About it the the, mo- the money isn't the motivator, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just kind of like it's the You didn't the, you didn't open a record store in nineteen ninety nine to meet huge do, amounts do, yeah. of dollars. It, no, no, no. <laughs> so um you know, I mean definitely some things have you know, worked out and I mean I think more about like like the um it, you know, like when my brother and I bought some property, it was it was more about that was like our insurance policy. Yeah, yeah. It's like people are gonna need a place to live. All right, that's what we're gonna do. You know, and then the um, you know, the store will be like our joy, and that's what yeah. we do, and that's our lifeblood and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it was that whole like, uh, what you know, what are you gonna leave your kids? You know, i right. not going to leave them a record store, you know, but maybe I'll leave them a piece of property or something like that. But, you know, or who who, who the hell knows? But it, it was always so much about, um, you know, I think just like in the last year, we always thought about the future, the future, the future, the future. And now it's just kind of like, oh, you should start thinking about like today and tomorrow and hmm. this and, you know, and just kind of like, I don't know if that was just like, how old are you? 47. All right. So you're not, I just turned 50. Uh-huh. And it really kind of was like, whoa,
1: holy shit. Here I am.
0: Yeah, I'm like, all right, well, average life expectancy is, da-da-da, you know, and you're like, okay, so, and that's really kind of what has lit a fire under my ass to be like, because these are always things that I've wanted to do. And I'm like, time is now. Yeah, time is now. These guys are dying. Yeah, yeah. And I've taken care of enough business that I can get a little cushion, right. and I can work on these things and do this, and, 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 it, and it satisfies me in a work atmosphere, and I think people appreciate it, yep. and they'll be like, oh, that's cool, I didn't know about that. Yep. I mean, like, when we did that first compilation of like, um, of, um, it was called Play Me Back to George Street, which was a compilation of blues stuff from Cincinnati from the 20s and 30s, people were like, what the fuck? Like, because, again, everybody thinks it starts in, you know, 1948 with King right, Records, right, right. you know? And, and, you know, and my thing now is just, like, I'm trying to, like, track down all of these, like, wax cylinder recordings from, like, the 1890s right. for the Ohio Phonograph Company, which was the first recording company in Cincinnati in the 1890s. And... Um, so, you know, that's my big thing. You're tracking right? down actual cylinders? Yeah, yeah. Just like old wax cylinders and stuff like that. And just like I said, I just want to. Where know, do you
1: find that stuff?
0: Oh my god. I mean there's like collectors, groups, and you know, you get on the man, you wanna you wanna explore a <laughs> sick world of minutia. <laughs> get on some of those boards, man. Yeah, but, like wax cylinder boards and Edison collectors and stuff like that. Like holy right. oh crap, man, like it's it's like get on a northern soul board. But um <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just kind of like trying to find something, you know, trying to find stuff that is, like, uh, acceptable enough for the modern ear Hmm. and historically uh, reissuing it. Yeah. And, you know, but you have to package it in a way of just, like, this isn't perfect and there's crackling on it. Yeah. But, like, you're going to hear it here or you're never going to hear it. And this is a really fascinating part of the city, you know? And so, um, yeah, so I'm just trying to like source these things now and figure it out, trying to get, I mean, that's like when we did the blues comp trying to get like, there were different variations of different compilations of Cincinnati and Midwest and stuff, but trying to piece together like the best source and all that stuff. And, but you know, people are like, whoa, holy shit. I didn't know this existed you know and and these guys were some of them were very very prolific you know eight and ten you know releases and stuff like that so um but um yeah so I mean just that whole like turning like it really I did not you know at 49 and 11 months I was one thing and at 50 in one month I was like whoa Really All right,
1: something kicked over, yeah,
0: there was just something that like and i, th- I yeah i don't, I don't know, like
1: how much of that was like you feeling like you were old enough to sort of tell a story, you know what um, I mean, like to, like to have perspective, um, do, you, do you know what I mean like
0: um i think um, that's a good question um I think. Maybe it was now I can tell this story,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I need to make time to tell it mm-hmm. and enough of like the day to day stuff's kind of taken care of mm-hmm. that I have had time to do it, but I just didn't realize that I had time to right. do it, right, so right. and now i'm gonna make time I'm not even gonna make time, I'm just gonna do it, yeah, yeah. you know, so um. And so, and it's, you know, that's pretty labeled. I mean, like this afternoon, I'm meeting with a friend who's like a computer, back end computer kind of program, like trying to figure out like this database of mm. like, how do you make things searchable? And like, is there, right. you know, how, like if somebody's looking for like whatever, you know, pick anything you know what I mean and so how do they find it like right, and right. How, how can we source that and bring it to the, you know
1: you're planning to have all of that online and yeah yeah
0: and it'll crazy. be like you know it's not all gonna go up in like two weeks or whatever but you know as we do stuff and as I have time you know there's still like the day-to-day stuff that has to be done at the store or that stuff doesn't happen yeah but um I mean we have it'll be years of doing that stuff yeah you know and then just trying to figure out like you know like just just you know putting it out for people to either take advantage of it or not mm-hmm. but it's not doing any good sitting in a file yeah yeah so
1: put yep. it out there in the world so yeah yeah, yeah. So. do you work with it reminds me do you know Paul Mayhern Uh, from Bloomington. Man, I know that. He was in the Zero Boys and... Does uh, he work at IU? Yeah. He's an... He's He's an archivist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also a recording engineer mm -hmm, and like produces records over at Echo Park and whatnot, but he was doing music archiving
0: work. Yeah, I actually did talk to him once because he... I called... um, He... Because there's like an unpublished autobiography of like Ralph Bass uh-huh. that they have in their archives there that, um, and he was like the producer of, he owned Federal Records, which was part okay. of King yep. and all that kind of stuff. And he was like the blackest white dude, like imaginable. And um, I got to meet him once and spend an afternoon with him in Chicago, hmm. and that was fascinating. Um, but um and then I caught wind of like that there was a thing there and, and yeah um, IU had a
1: big thing I don't know if they're still doing it. they have that. a huge yeah that
0: whole oh, they have a whole uh, book imprint and all that kind right. of stuff on American music history and stuff like that so, yeah yeah but um yeah so I think you know just trying to figure out like how do you do this properly right. and what's the right way to do it and uh, a friend of mine is a she was the head librarian up at DAP. Mm-hmm. and you know i've been trying to pick her brain on it of right like on. how do you do this yeah. like to do it right and it's not just half-assed or not just pictures that are up yep. like yep, yep. Um, so like are there codes and like do you you know like what a cool project though. yeah yeah so it'll keep me keep me off the streets for a little bit so <laughs> i suppose that's good keep me. so what what
1: we talked about like your dad and your relationship to work what are mm-hmm. your kids how many kids do you have two what yeah. do you think they're what are they picking up about work from you, um, well, either intentionally or otherwise?
0: Well, it's definitely like, you know, my wife was um, she, like probably the hardest working person that I know and grew up in a, um, in a single mother household. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was a potter mm-hmm. and sold pottery on the streets in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And so,
1: I guess we're gonna do it somewhere. Ann Arbor might be the place. That to, might be the joint, you know. It.
0: And uh, and um, just yeah, the smartest person I know, the hardest working person I know, the most compassionate person I know. Your wife um, was a potter, or her mom was. Her mom was, okay. yeah, because she's and, a um, principal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, um, and has been a lifelong educator. And mm. you know, she's been like a waitress at Bill Naps. A teacher and a principal. Those are her things, you know, like that's <laughs> that's her thing. And yeah. she can drive a forklift. She has forklift license. <laughs> but
1: um uh, <laughs> good skills around but, you know, the school, you know. I think
0: it's just like, you know, like uh uh you're gonna you're gonna make your way mm-hmm. and you're gonna work. And um we I mean we've kind of already told them like, you know, we're saving money for, for your five twenty nines, we're gonna help you out and all that kind of stuff. And uh but you're also gonna participate in your and your um, yeah, you know, education guy. and you're going to put a stake in it and all that kind of stuff. And so I think jointly there's no mixed messaging at mm-hmm. all in our household of like, I mean, my oldest comes in, works at the shop. Um, my youngest, you know, she's 11 and she loves like, she's already like, she's getting ready to take her Red Cross certification for babysitting and all that kind of stuff. And so... I mean, we're kind of like a small business household, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. what I mean? So right. that's what you do, and like, and, right. and um, um, you know, and I think with my oldest, she's a really—I mean, she's a super smart kid, and she's looking at like the. Um, Looking into um, applying to like the military academies okay. she wants to get an engineering degree like aerospace engineering, and it's like you know it's the naval academy the Air Force academy wow. underachiever yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean like I tell her, I said you know you need to thank your mother every day because this does not come from my side of the family like you like just yeah. be happy so um but you know very driven and and um it's interesting for her to s- to see um um the elements of service involved mm-hmm. with that. Mm. And so, like, we did not, I mean, my wife is, is, is uh, you know, her parents were total hippies and, you know, just Ann Arbor scene, hanging out with the MC5 and all that. <laughs> like, literally, yeah, and um, that kind of whole thing. And then my dad was in the Army. He He liked it, actually. He said it gave him a lot of structure. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the best growing up and stuff like that. So I remember him telling me, he was like, yeah, I, you know, they said go dig this ditch in exchange for that. You got a bed, right. three meals, and you're off on the weekends. So it's like, sounds good to me, man. Yeah, I'll yeah. do that. So, yeah. um, but um, with with um, my oldest, um, I think it's interesting for her to hear her kind of talk a little bit about that, of like,
1: um, like... About the idea of the military? Yeah,
0: yeah, and just... I mean, she's 15. She's going to be 16 here in a little bit. But um, seeing her mind kind of work through this, you know, of just like, you know, not in her words so much, but I'm joining the industrial military complex in exchange for shooting shit to Mars and figuring that stuff out or, be, or you know, studying and like... And education,
1: yeah, huge opportunities.
0: Yeah, and, and like, yeah. you know, and like exp- trying to do cool stuff. Yeah. And we We went to a couple of like these, because I mean these application process to get into one of these military academies are insane, yeah, yeah, you have to start so early you have to get you know all this stuff together and um I was talking to this woman and she was um she was like an early attendee of West Point mm-hmm. like within the first hundred women to go there mm-hmm. at one of these like kind of like question and answer sessions right and um and I was talking to her after it, and I said so what's you know what was what was, what's your whole take on this, you know, and stuff like that. And she's, like, in her 60s now. She's getting ready to retire. And she said, well, you know, I I grew up in, like, I don't even remember the town. But she, like, had to drive to Portsmouth, Ohio, to go to the recruiting office. Hmm. But she said, like, in her high school, it was the community college flyer and the army college, or, or the army flyer. Yeah, And those were her college options. Yep, And so... Um, And she said, well, my brother went to community college and he's a fuck-up and a drug (laughs) addict. So I'm gonna go to the army. So she went there and she met this, you know, the person like, you know, you're really smart and you might wanna, you know, I will be more than happy to help you you know, figure this out if you wanna try. So she ends up getting in the West Point. And she said, you know, I got like one of the best educations you can get in the world. And she said, as it developed, I really found that there is that part that I rationalized out over time of like, I joined this, you know, the military and, you know, all that baggage that goes with it. But she said, you know, the last 40 years of my life, I've been a civil engineer Hmm. and I have worked on projects that are too big for the private sector and they have to be public. And so, I've worked on saving watersheds in upper state New York, and I've done this. And, and, like, she just went down this whole bullet point of, like— The kind of stuff you never would have had the impact. Yeah. And and yeah. so she's like, I have done a lot of great things for this country because of that. But wow. It started off there, but I ended up here. Yeah. You know? And so— um, and I think maybe, you know, my daughter kind of has a little bit of that, kind of like, what is, the, what is the service down the road? What is the yep. whatever, you know, and all that kind
1: of no, stuff. No, that's a uh, great perspective. I certainly wouldn't have thought about
0: it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of fascinating, you know. And then she was just like, yeah, you walk out with an engineering degree from West Point, anybody's going to hire you. Yeah. You know, like, and then there's that. You know, you just have to do your years of service to pay back the, you know, the $250,000 education that they give you. So. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you're gonna get shot at or whatever. Or, you right. know, like hope you don't. Do, yeah. So how's that gonna paths work? Cross
1: with a dangerous yeah. time in history. Yeah, yeah, or? yeah.
0: Like, well, like, like, right now. It'll you know. Right, so yeah. you know, but um, yeah. So it's interesting to kind of see her uh, start to figure that stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, she has a good work ethic for like a 15 year old, which is just like you know, like any 15 year old. But yeah. Um, yeah, I have no concerns about about them. You know, like right on. I, I think they'll find their own their own paths and their own joys and be happy and, you know, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I hear you. I've got, I've got a 17-year-old. Yeah,
0: so it's, um, yeah. you know, it, it could go to hell any day.
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> it always feels like that. The, the last thing I want to ask you about, uh, I was I was in the shop a couple of weeks ago and we were talking just briefly about that scene from Almost Famous. Where uh, you know his sister oh, t- yeah, takes yeah. off and yeah. she leaves him the records uh-huh, and says, you uh-huh. know, listen to side one of Tommy yeah. and it'll change your life. Yeah. I was telling you, my friend Mike Helm had that experience with that record. Mm-hmm. Like, do you? How does that happen now? Do you see like? Do you see music with? Spotify and my son is listening like it's yeah. really interesting yeah. because he's got headphones on all day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he almost missed the bus to school this morning because he had to run back up and get his headphones and uh-huh. he has music going on yeah, yeah. and it's um, he listens to music in such a completely different way yeah in that he's always got Absolutely. like his his it's not even his discover weekly or whatever it's just, it's just the white noise of the world yeah. but he's hearing mm-hmm. new things mm-hmm. every single day yeah. I can't stump him I can't yeah. say yeah have you heard this and have oh, him not yeah. only say yes, but it's not as good as this yeah. and recite me half of the mm-hmm, lyrics to mm-hmm. the song. Yeah. But there's not necessarily like a single moment where I would say like he listens, you know, he yeah. he puts the needle down on yeah. Tommy and yeah. the world opens before his eyes. Mm-hmm. Like what's the difference in ha- in how you see people listening to music now now, and like how you see your role in uh-huh. that or the store's role?
0: I mean, I... I, um, it's, you know, I mean, you you were in the in the industry and different facets and stuff like that, so you know, like it changes every yeah twenty minutes. There's a change, and so um, it's very interesting for me, and it's a little heartbreaking that people don't follow their instincts. And I don't know if it's just that I can't take a chance, kind of, like, even with buying a record.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And is that, like, this trickle-down effect of, like, you got to wear a bike helmet. You can never take a chance. You have to do whatever. Like, just all that kind of stuff. Don't screw it up. Don't buy a bad record. Don't waste your money. It's a $4 record. And something in your brain said, that looks cool. Mm -hmm got my phone i'm gonna check it Let's see no it's four dollars yeah yeah go with your gut hmm. you know and so and there are things that i can pinpoint to that it, you know it's the loss of serendipity yeah which not just with music but like life experience of just like whatever being in a bookstore and like allowing that.
1: things to surprise you
0: exactly and Allo- yeah, and al- yeah, allowing things to surprise you and like letting that path dictate mm-hmm. you for a little bit, because every time, you know, we pick up our phone or you know type something in our computer, our search fields get more and more and more and more and more narrow. Yeah,
1: like things get more curated.
0: Yeah, and so the um, you know, going, <clears throat> being like. Um, you know like being at Moles Records and being in the back room the 99 cent room and buying a record from a guy named Eddie Hinton who was like a he was like a white soul dude mm-hmm. and I pick it up very, and I ha- I had a com- this is no lie I had a conversation in the store yesterday with a guy from Gloucester Massachusetts for an hour about Eddie Hinton <laughs> like we just bonded over it it was like a total man crush on each other <laughs> but um and um but I picked you know I buy this record it says it's called very extremely dangerous and mm-hmm. I'm like and I was like punk rock kid I'm like why not buy this record like whatever but there's something about it so I just buy it take it home listen to it I'm like man this is pretty fucking cool like and I kind of had dabbled in R&B and like just the heavy hitters you know the stack stuff, the mm-hmm. Motown, you know, all that kind of stuff. I put this record on, I was like, man, this dude sounds like, it sounds like Otis Redding, holy crap, this is great, you know, and I'm like, man, this is really cool. He only puts out one, he only put out one record. And so, um, but he was a huge session guy. So like I'm flipping through like my brother's issue of like Rolling Stone magazine, there's a picture of Boss Gags with his band. And then underneath the white guy, is the name Eddie Hinton. And I'm like, well, they must have got the names mixed up because the black guy's standing next to the white guy and I know Eddie Hinton's black uh-huh. because he sounds like a black guy. Right. And then you're like, all right, well, there's that. And then, then you see his name like on a Dusty Springfield record and then you see his name on a Toots and the Maytals record and then you see his name and you're slowly kind of piecing this stuff together. You can't Google it and 40 seconds later yeah, you know yeah. everything there is to know about it. So there's this slow burn appreciation right. of you slowly absorbing this stuff. And through that, like Donnie Fritz, Dan Penn, oh Dan Penn wrote that great song for you know you know James Carr. Oh. Right. James Carr, oh God, okay, okay, okay that's Goldwire, okay. There, you know, so it was this, this whole liner, liner notes. Oh my God, liner notes, man, yeah. and just like slowly, and not just liner notes, but like even before compilations, like piecing together, publishing, and songwriting credits yeah. and record labels, and like
1: following musicians across.
0: Oh Jesus, album. man, yeah, yeah. it was like a, it was a full time job, yeah. you know, and so. Um, And so, you know, that, because I wasn't able to Google him and find out everything I want to know about him in a minute and a half on Wikipedia, I've had this 40 year, 35 year fascination with this guy that culminates yesterday in the store with Tony from (laughs) Gloucester, Massachusetts over Eddie Hinton, you know? Right, right, right. And so, um, you know, and, and, um, and so there is that, like, you know, just slow down. Yeah. And, and, you know, man, if I could figure out a way to, like, send out, like, a, a, a static signal that would shut off your cell phone <laughs> in the store, so just, like, go with your instincts or whatever, man, I would totally do that. But, like, you know, but then there's, like, just these, like, you know, and, and I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. It's just, like, it is what it is, and that's yeah. kind of how it works. And like. Yeah my, you know, Francine, my oldest man, she knows tons about music, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like, who the hell is that? Yeah, You know? And it's like, these people don't even have records. They just have digital stuff, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, but you know, I mean, she loves, you know, Jonathan Richmond, but she also loves Cardi B and like, you know, it's just like, right. it's, you know, she, all of her friends want to work at the store, mm-hmm. but she doesn't. Cause that's what dad does. Cause that must suck then. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah. don't want to do what your dad does. So, but um, you know, so there's that, and then there was, you know, there's there's just like a um, you know, we we were talking a week or two ago, like what was the first concert that you waited in line to for tickets? Right on. You know, like, and I was like, man, I stood out in shilitos <laughs> <laughs> in like November to get Billy Idol tickets at oh, like wow. the Cincinnati Gardens or whatever, like uh-huh. freezing our ass off, you know? Yeah. And so now it's just like, click, click, click. Right. All right, I got them, you know? And totally. so, you know, so I think there's, there, you know, there's, you know, I, I was straightening stuff in the basement a month or two ago, and I've been slowly just kind of selling off records, you know, and like, ah, eh, just... I got the reissue. I don't need the original. It's out know. of your
1: personal collection?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just kind of like, you know, that doesn't, the music is important to me, and having the original necessarily isn't important to me. Maybe it works, you know. So I've been selling them, like, regular customers who, like, really appreciate it. And, like, oh, I remember that enthusiasm, you know. like, right. sure. And so, um, and, um, but then there's just this stuff, you know, that I'm, like, you know, like, a bunch of my 45s are downstairs, and, 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 and my youngest she was like what are you gonna do with all this stuff and i was like well this will put you through college like <laughs> this box of 45s will put you through college and she was just that's like, crazy and so and you know we're kind of did she know, get that huh yeah i don't probably not you know what i mean like why would it matter you know like who like how does why that work that? Yeah. you know like yeah and so and so she was flipping through them And she's like, well, why do you keep these? You never listen to them anymore. And I said, pick out any 45 in that box and I'll tell you why I'm gonna keep it. And so she's flipping through there and she's kind of going back trying to find like whatever. And this is no lie. She picks out the first minor threat 45. And says, "Why why do you have this? And I said, I have that record because I remember standing at your grandmother's ironing board, ironing out $4 bills To mail to Discord records to get that record. Not knowing if I was gonna get it in two weeks or three months or never. Yeah. You know? And then that record showing up at my house, you know, at our house, you know, four weeks later or whatever it is. And I was like, that's why I have that record. Wow. You know? And I mean, you're probably on the tail end of that, like, you know, if you're in the whole like punk rock scene of like maximum rock and roll and like, yeah, yeah. you know, you mail away and like. Totally, no, I remember it, that. Yeah, and so it was just like a different world, you know? And so yep. it, it wasn't immediate. There had to be effort. And there is a little bit of that now, but it's kind of like a manufactured scarcity. Like I'm gonna sure. make the color vinyl swirl. Like we get calls, I'm like, I'm calling for the clear vinyl with the red specks in it, not the clear vinyl with the black specks in it, you know? And just kind of like, all right, Come we're, we're kind of like yeah. pushing the envelope here a little bit. But I mean, if that's what if that's what gets you through the night, then that's what gets you through the night, you know what I mean? Sure, <laughs> if that's, just, yeah,
1: it motivates you in the same way and yeah, that's your yeah. version of it.
0: Yeah, and so, um, you know, so there's, there's that, I think there's just that... Um, uh, y- 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 that appreciation that comes through um, time and um, it not necessarily being easy Mm -hmm. or whatever. You know what I mean? So it was, um, um, and not just, again, you know, in a world of like immediacy, how do you begin to um, like strain out what's meaningful when the effort to obtain it is all the same Mm -hmm. or pretty much the same um and so then where does um where does that kind of like take hold in your personal and then begin to like elevate up the scale of like this is really important and you know all that kind of stuff yeah
1: so so, um but um it's interesting i hadn't really thought about the impact of all that on like the development of taste and Character and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when it's all out there, you don't have to make choices. You
0: don't have to, and it's free.
1: Yeah. Well, for like nine
0: bucks a month or whatever it is.
1: Right. Or yeah. it's all free if you can, if you're willing to. Yeah. Yeah. Do one extra level but of searches. Almost free. Yeah. yeah right. It's
0: so close to free. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. It's just like. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's you know, but then that's just the new reality, and that's yep. what it is, and so. Yeah. This how does that appreciation evolve and whatever and like. It's you know, I'm not saying that there's not like meaningful music being consumed out there Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or are being manufactured, because there definitely is. Mm -hmm. I mean there's there are kids, there are high school kids that come into my store every day who I see myself in them Hmm. at that age of just enthusiasm. They got their check, they cashed it, you know, like we would get paid on Fridays, I would go. I would cash it. I would save $4 for a six pack of max beer, which is like the cheapest thing that you could get, and a bag of pretzels for the weekend. And then I'd spend the rest of it on everybody's records. Right on. And just blow it all. Yeah. You know, and like half the time, you didn't make, I mean, Tim and Nolan Benz, who were twins, kind of ran the place then. And they would just have a bag. Like, here you go. There's your bag, there. Like and I would be like, here's my sixty bucks. And they just I'd have look it ready, at it in the car. ready for you. Yeah, and I would even like.
1: Oh, that's so cool. You
0: know, and it would be like, and you would open it, and you're like, oh my god, there's like all pairs and Rima Rima and like fucking Use Devo 45 and this and <laughs> you know like just this whole like. Yeah. And then like you know one day like you know it was like a, a Nomads record. Uh, what was it? Like it really was this like ground turning, this like yeah. ship kind of like whoa. And it was it was uh like the nomads, the first nomads record, like first stateside comp called like Outburst or something on like Homestead Records or something, <laughs> you know. Whatever label was it <laughs> was never gonna pay the nomads, <laughs> right. you know. Homestead or what was it, Dutch E or whatever. Um and then um uh like the primitives and like a Mississippi Fred McDowell record. Wow. And I was just like, three completely different things going Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, and so. Um, and there's the, we talk about curated, you know, by, oh, yeah. a, by an algorithm yeah, versus yeah. curated by a human but, being. But yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And that was kind of like, you know, I, there's part of me, like we have customers that like, oh man, Henry's going to dig this. I'm going to put this sure, back for sure. him. But then so many people are doing that on their own through that algorithm on their phone that, like, I don't even know how. It's almost like it's designed to remove
1: the the things like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. That would broaden.
0: Yeah, that would broaden. And, you know, it definitely, like, but then you see these, like, monumental shifts Mm -hmm. in some customers who were just buying, like, Soul and Funk Mm -hmm. two weeks ago and now are buying, like, Japanese ambient records, you know, (laughs) and it was just like, holy crap, how the fuck did that happen? You know, like, and he, something, something got into his feed, you know, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, so it's kind of fascinating. Like, they come in with these lists of, like, man, I need this and this, and this is on this label, and blah, blah, blah. And like, you start tracking all that stuff down and things like that. So, but, um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, you know, from my mind and how I collected and appreciated and curated my own stuff versus the tools that are in the palm of your hand now to do it, it's just a different set of, I mean, we had the Maximum maximum Rock and Roll Classified ads, and you have your phone, you know, so it's just kind of like, it is. each each are kind of the same thing, but they're not. You know, and so, but I think really when it comes down to it is just like, and I think that's why there's not like these like, you know, you have Radiohead and you have, you know, these different kind of like career multi-multi album, you know, um, bands. Mm -hmm. But there's fewer and fewer and fewer of them. Part of it is that, they didn't put up the numbers, so done, they're yeah. out of there. Yep. But then, you know, like, we, you know, I look at Wussy, and they're like, you know, coming up on 20 years yeah. of putting records out, yep. you know, and it's just this slow burn band that, like, and, in it for the long haul. Yeah, and go, yeah, and, you know, like, it was, um, you know, I remember talking to Chuck about, like, when we did the first Wussy record, and he brought me the, the thing I was like god damn this is really good Chuck you know what do you want to do it he's like "Eh, I don't know you know like you know something to the effect of like something to the effect of like you know I had the number one song on CMJ and the number three song on MTV and I'm in Morgantown, West Virginia playing on a Thursday night to 14 people you know like and like that's when it was easy you know and so and now now you know and now I'm a 60 year old with a broken stonemasons back so I'm not gonna you know like so they're just a great woodshed band you know what right. I mean and so man they have a following that holy moly and and
1: getting more and more pressed with every yeah. record yeah. and yeah. getting better at what you they know? do still
0: and you know it's amazing to watch those orders come in you know when they announce a new record and it's like and our guy at matador and our guy at merge and you know like and the deal is is like they just don't want you know like they have no interest in these massive commitments to touring. Yeah. You know, and that's really what you have to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, and that's, you know, nah. Yep. So, but it is what it is. And, like, they just put out great records and people love them. And so. but And there's still a place for that. And there's still a place for that, exactly. And now with, like, you know, with, you know, and that's the good thing about the internet and stuff like that. Yep. You can reach all those people. Like, yeah. you know, you, like, go down that list of, like, zip codes and you're like holy shit yeah you, you can know? find that
1: one fan in france yeah. who oh yeah i mean it's from know.
0: vancouver island to key west florida to right. like you know it's all over yeah newfoundland just so sent a record to istanbul the other day you know that's like so great how, you know like and that's the beauty of the internet too you know so
1: yeah i was talking i interviewed it's, kim taylor not too long ago and mm-hmm. she was talking about like what's going on with her in china Mm, mm-hmm. You know, the kind of thing that couldn't have happened Yeah, yeah. without all yeah. of that. Yeah, there's good and bad. It's just like, how is your
0: mind calibrated for digestion, Right. you know? And right. mine is not calibrated that way, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's, although I, I do stumble across things, you know, that, you know, old soul or rockabilly stuff that I was like, man, how the fuck did this get past me? Yeah. You know, like, holy shit, you know, like, I've been at this a long time. And then he's got four records out you right. know like how did I never hear this I'm like Jesus we, uh, handed my the... card you know <laughs> right <laughs>
1: so. no one of the bands that I used to work with we used to have this discussion fairly regularly in the van mm-hmm. like what was the last thing that blew your mind what was the last show what was the last album that made you you know that brought a tear to your eye that made you like stop and, and it, it all came back to like do you cultivate the ability to be to have your breath taken away by music, by art, uh-huh, uh-huh. by a show, by a record. Mm-hmm. And I think that's still that thing, like yeah. are you cultivating the capacity for wonder? Yeah, no. Where are you like letting that into I mean, that, your life?
0: That, I mean, that, that's what we want to, I mean, that's, I think that's what I want to get out of people more and more. You yeah. know, like this card set, when you were looking at it, you're like,
1: yeah seriously like holy crap
0: these are cool you know like that's all i want it's really cool and so um and maybe you'll get hip to something and like man i'm gonna go figure out hobo jack atkins yeah right you know and like go down
1: a rabbit trail for a little while
0: yeah yeah and i mean you know and then the internet plays a massive role in it because none of his records are in print and uh, you know what i mean like i mean there's a ton of really great stuff out there but then you listen to them, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's the song that Allison Krauss does. Yeah, right, like, right, or whatever, right. you know, and then you're like, it oh, came from here comes the thing again, you uh-huh. know, <laughs> back, here, connect the dots. Yeah. And so, um, um, yeah, I think that's, in this, in, in, in a world of, like, rush, 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 just this constant, whether it's news media or entertainment or or uh, life or yeah. you know Bill Payne or whatever it is. Like just the uh yeah, allowing art or music or literature or or a fucking baseball game. Yeah. Whatever. Just it to is. commit time to to be fucking blown away. Yeah. That's like to be present enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly for a while I mean that's, while. like there's a local guy Chris Bergen he did um, I've kind of reconnected with him like known pretty well like before I moved and he did like that thousand years too late retrospective down at the CAC which was like the history of like small label souls in Cincinnati and stuff uh-huh. like that Chris is like one of these dudes that just fuck just like I was talking to him the other day I was like Chris I don't know what the fuck you're talking about like <laughs> this is what I do, and he's just railing this stuff off, like holy shit, you know, like, and I'm just like, I gotta hear that, I gotta hear this, and he's like, I'll send it to you, I'll send it. I'm just like, I have never heard of these guys. You know, like, oh, he was in the 400 years of what, and then this dude was in this guy, and then he was in the Python dance, man, and he was like, like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, but then like, but he was one of these dudes that like, you know, Find the publisher's name, uh-huh. you know, and then, all right, let's get the... Doing all let's, the let's get the work. Let's get the phone book out and start calling, you know, like he found Kenny Smith. I mean, how many Kenny Smiths are there in the book? All right, <laughs> Kenny Smith, number one, Kenny Smith, number two, you know, and then, and then finds him, you know, so, um, you know, and then we ended up putting a compilation out on him and things like that. And so, um, but it's, you know, like that to me, I was just like... I mean, I went home and I was just like, man, I couldn't, I I was so excited, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like when my wife comes back from a Montessori convention, (laughs) you know, it's the same (laughs) level of excitement. (laughs) What I learned and I was just like, holy shit, I did not know that there was a band called The Truth Corporation and Chris has a VHS of them playing in a parking lot on Lynch Street for a waif benefit, you know? (laughs) And she was just like why does this matter right. you? you know what i mean yeah, she's yeah, very yeah. happy for me or whatever and then um but you know it's just kind of like it's one more piece you know like holy sh- like right, oh my right, god right, that's right. it that was the part you know like yeah. so um yeah yeah it's just uh but you know that 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 was my last like you know two weeks ago or whatever when i started like like track down just for when you second.
1: thought you'd seen it all oh yeah
0: yeah and part of me was just like man I want to do like I know that he was working on a couple things and I was like I wonder if those I said I've never seen those turn up I'm going to call him. and I was like man let's just do these things let's just get them done you
1: right. know and
0: so there's so much stuff and then like two of my like favorite things there's this band called Funky Tong and then you can google it it's called, a song called Wag Your Tail it's like one of the first Vocoder Cincinnati Vocoder okay. records Yeah. and um and then there was this, this really stripped down rap 45 by a band called Black Ice. Uh-huh. And both recorded at Vetco Records, which was a bluegrass. Like when, when was this? Or, uh, like mid-70s. Okay. And, um, and uh, recorded at Vetco, which was a bluegrass uh, thing up in Carthage. And I'm like, how the hell did this happen, first of all? But then they end up basically being the same people. Like, and okay. I'm just, and Chris told me that. I was like, how the fuck, like, what? <laughs> you know, like, holy oh, shit. You know, like, I was like, oh, this stuff has to come out. You know, like, yeah, wag your tail. And then the B-side is a song called Sweet and Creamy Love. And then, oh, my God. And, oh yeah. And then the Black Ice was just a song called Crack Kills. Wow. And then there was an instrumental, just like a clap trap, you know. <laughs> you know, it's just like, but it's just, you know, it's, you know, it's so like, bing that era. Yeah, that yeah. It just yeah. hits the moment right there. You know, like so. Right on. Yeah. So anyway. All
1: right, All right. We're probably gonna cool. give these guys their table
0: back. All right. Sounds just good. Thank you so much. No Sarah. problem. I really hope. Appreciate. I don't that. know if I answered any of your questions. No, right. it was uh,
1: exactly so. exactly what All right. I hoped for. Go. Right. Cool. <laughs> This episode of The Distiller was recorded live at Melt Revival, located at 4100 Hamilton Avenue at the corner of Hamilton and Blue Rock in Northside, Cincinnati. Thanks so much to Diane, Shannon, and everyone at Melt for letting us take over the back room for a little while. Melt is honestly one of my favorite restaurants in Cincinnati, and since Diane and Shannon took over ownership last year, it's only gotten better and better. You can find links to their website and social media pages on our website at thedistillerpodcast.com. Stop by Melt for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and please tell them you heard it on The Distiller when you do. Huge thanks to Darren Blaze for hanging out with us on a Wednesday morning. Darren and his brother Jim have been creating space for wonder in Northside and helping to tell and shape the story of Cincinnati's musical history for over 20 years, and they're going stronger than ever. Stop by Shake It, say hi to Darren, Jim, and the crew. They're located at 4156 Hamilton Avenue in Cincinnati, and the stores open at 10 a.m. every day, except Sunday when they open at noon. You can see photos for this episode, including Darren's super cool Cincinnati Music Legends trading cards on our website, where you can also find links to Shake It's website and social media pages. It's a special place, and we really appreciate Darren sharing a bit of the story with us. The Distiller is produced, recorded, and hosted by me, Brandon Dawson. Our show is mixed and edited by Justin Golden. Our logo was designed by Scott Ryan, and our videos are by Mike Helm of Minute Moments Pictures. You can find The Distiller wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can listen and download every episode at thedistillerpodcast.com with links, photos of the guests, and a map of all show locations. If you like what we're doing, please follow, like, and share our posts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you'd like to help support us in creating the show, go to thedistillerpodcast.com and click on the Become a Patron button for more information. Finally, we love it if you'd rate and review The Distiller wherever you listen. Believe it or not, that actually does make a difference. And you can always email us at mail at distillerpodcast.com to tell us who you think should be on the show to talk about their search for meaningful work or where you think we should record the next show. So whether by email, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, drop us a line. We always love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Brandon Dawson. Thanks for listening to The Distiller. Bye-bye.